show. Welcome to the Automation Impact Podcast. My name is Edward Shlepetsky. I'm CEO of Active Automation Company and UiPath Most Valuable Professional. This is the first season of episodes in which, together with other UiPath MVPs and RPA experts, we will be covering best practices in end-to-end RPA implementation from center of excellence enablement up to successful scaling. So I would highly recommend project champions and other managers who are currently building center of excellence to stay tuned. To learn more about the podcast, visit us on automationimpact.io and don't forget to subscribe. So, today I'm in with Priya Darshini, Senior Technical Consultant at Machina Automation from Houston, Texas. And we're going to speak about creation of RPA people awareness. But before we start, Priya, it would be great if you tell us a bit about yourself, your background, experience, and how did you get to UiPath MVP role? Hi, Edward. Thank you so much for having me here in your podcast. To begin with, like you mentioned, I'm a senior technical consultant at Machina, and I've got over like nine years of experience as a technical consultant with three years of doing RPA with UiPath. It's been like an amazing journey, like learning UiPath and like to become an MVP has been like truly uh, a good learning curve, like in terms of like actually learning the tool and also learning the best practices around like uh, RPA itself. So when I started RPA, this was three years ago, I interviewed with Machina and that was my very first time hearing about RPA and they uh, told me about UiPath and I started with Academy. Just like everybody else, Academy was my ground zero to begin with. So there goes my beginning to this entire learning curve and I started uh, learning with the foundations course, went through all the trainings and also uh, took the certification. Back then like we didn't have the certification portal so it was like an in, uh, a proctored training, a proctored uh, certification and it was truly amazing. So that's where like I began my journey and then we started implementing RPA projects in uh, various clients in the oil and gas industry. Uh, around the Houston, Texas area. Okay, cool, cool. And talking of MVP as a journey, so how did you get, you, you just mentioned you started with Academy and I see the big question mark from jump from starting with Academy and then uh, ending up as a UiPath MVP. So how did you get there? So that has been like a really, like I mentioned, the learning curve was very steep in terms of learning a new technology. And I'm more of a, a Microsoft fan. So like learning UiPath was pretty simple because if you know C Sharp, uh, VB.net and you come from a developer background, it was easy to catch up on. And since then, like we've been implementing like multiple projects at various clients. And along with that, on top of that, I've used like forums as my major uh, knowledge base where I can actually like go look up for help. While I was looking up for help, I just found that there are several other people also like need help in their beginning uh, RPA journey. Like, so they had like various issues, which is where I thought like spending five, 10 minutes a day to actually like help out other people within the community actually helped out in my learning process as well. So that's how I began like starting helping out like small within the forum. And then like I noticed like I was able to like help in more technical challenges. And along with that, I also like help coordinate like uh, the local uh, UiPath meetups. 
and be a part of like other uh, training programs as well. And with Machina, like we've been like uh, focusing on our ongoing trainings as well. So I've been like helping out like to keep our team like on par with the new technologies as well. So I've been like uh, working closely with like several folks within like at different levels within UiPath. And that has helped me like uh, grow my knowledge within the tool and also like uh, build my network within UiPath, which is like tremendously helped and uh, interviewed for the MVP program, which was very interesting. And that's how I got there. Yeah, there were there were several different uh, different stages there, right? Several levels. Yeah, several levels as well as different <laughs> difficulty, I would say. But no pleasure, pleasure having you in today. So people awareness, actually, it is one of quite interesting topics because I think that almost, I, I, I was writing like, most of the projects, but I would even say every project starts with this. And even what I realize uh, along our customers as well as uh, potential customers, that they even on the very beginning challenge you uh, as what is your strategy for uh, people awareness sessions, etc. Because they really, nowadays, uh, everyone in RPA world understand how important this topic is. So I'm really curious, what what's your experience in this area? So uh, I would start off with like, uh, I've been reading like various articles around like, how can you encourage other customers? And again, like we are a company that goes out there and like helps uh, other customers build their own COEs and like build their own RPA team. So for us, it's more important of like our customers being more comfortable with adapting RPA. So we start off with the leaders overcoming their psychological barriers. So the most important thing that I see is like having a better communication between the business and the workers is more crucial. So that's where we start. And like we start like doing this more frequently as we move from client to client, we start learning like what works better. And like that has been like really interesting, like in terms of like setting up a center of excellence and again rpa is not like a one thing that we would tell our customers is like rpa is not a silver bullet that's going to solve all your problems but it's like a small step that's going to like enable your business yeah i definitely agree with that and you've mentioned many clients many companies etc how many times in your career you were doing center of excellence enablement so I've been doing RPA for the last three years. So within this span of time, I was able to be a part of like at least like four companies that have uh, required like uh, setting up this center of excellence. So I was able to like help out like setting up their base strategy and like align, create that rock, <laughs> the robot operational center. So that's been like a, an amazing journey here. And... Talking of, talking of this journey, I'm really curious about what were the learnings out of it and what were the, I would say, what is the thing you find the most interesting along all these customers or what were the best practices, best things you applied there? So um, some of the limitations or like, should I say the challenges that have uh, faced during these RPA uh, implementations is mainly like the lack of clear expectations, like uh, setting that 
expectations right between the customers and the workers is actually like really important in order to sustain the RPA initiative because like uh, some people just uh, especially like uh, some companies that just want to like start off RPA just for the sake of doing it they pick a process that may or may not be good so it's always like really important to have that clear understanding of what the potential of RPA is and making that informed decisions and also align with the companies like the C-suite always has this goal, like having a digital uh, chief digital officer or a chief technological officer, having their automation goals to be aligned with the company's uh, goals and visions. So it's really important that we have the digital transformation initiatives well said and like make sure that we have that expectations are clearly understood by like all the people that's involved because that also helps like the customers and also the employee experience become better so uh, the other thing is that like having like to start off small some people start with a small pilot and they just think like oh this might not be like a good fit for us so the reason being like they might have picked a process that's not fit for RPA and maybe the process itself was not well defined and like they just start experimenting with RPA as just like another tool but not looking at it in a way that's going to be a part of their long-term goals. So having a very formal, like a good process implementation, it's really important. And along the way, when you do your pilots or like your POCs, capture the lessons learned, like what went well or what did not go well. And like uh, making an assessment, like having a look back and a review, it's it's really important. Yeah, 100%. And I think that this is important, not just when considering the people awareness, but overall, I think that you have, uh, we have this uh, lessons learned lock in all the phases of our project. But speaking of, you were mentioning some of the recommendations and uh, and like one of the first was setting expectations. And I'm sure that those are built not, you know, like you don't just read about them from book, but you take them from somewhere. Yeah. And I'm really curious about what were the failures during this journey, you know, like, because all the rules you are coming up with were probably sometimes before they were your learning. So talking of, for example, setting expectations, did you have any bad experience where it was not handled properly or any other uh, things which were your true learnings, I would say? Yeah, so I want to quote like one specific client uh, that I'm not going to name, definitely. And uh, so at this client, it was more of an IT driven approach where they wanted to start RPA, which was like, which I feel like was poorly managed where like, it it only like spread like uh, dissatisfaction among the employees that were working within the team, because like it was at a, at a, it was a time boxed event. It was more like a race that they just wanted to achieve within that time and not looking at it from a value perspective of what business value it's being achieved. They just wanted to say that we did RPA. So that I feel like is a bad approach instead of like uh, first, like make sure that your employees understand that like what you're going to do with RPA is a long standing approach and it's going to stick with your company for the longer term. Having like a placing a person that doesn't want to do RPA or like that's not even interested in like helping like automating any efforts, it's really bad. So I feel like setting that expectations at the very beginning and setting the normal ground like, okay, our common goal is to achieve that like we are going to get some value for this specific business area. That was not clearly mentioned. Yeah. 
And talking of expectations and as well as overall uh, nowadays, this RPA projects and RPA program is something about people and about involving people on different levels, etc. But I remember time starting back in 2014 with automation. I remember times when this topic was confidential on a company level. I would not mention the client name back then, but there was a company in which we started the RPA journey as a confidential initiative and actually very few selected people only knew about this among the SMEs, among the management, etc. And my question to you would be, did you have any experience with projects where RPA or automation was a confidential topic? So... I'm going to say yes, because like at one of the clients that I did notice was that like they were like, you are supposed to contact just this one person. Don't talk to anybody else on the team, which means like they didn't know that RPA is going to be a part of it. And again, that creates the fear of like this Area 51 project going on in like one set of the team and like the others not knowing it, it creates more fear. And like they are like, are they trying to get rid of all of us and just keep these two people here? So that kind of fear needs to be eliminated. And like, instead of that, just let them know that like, we are building your own personal assistant. We are not trying to get rid of you. It's just that like, you're going to be having your own assistant. <laughs> how, how did it end up on the end? How was this project going? So did they open up later to people or they still running confidential or they closed the RPA journey at all? So how, how did it continue and how did it develop? If you know the continuation of the story. So it was only like a for, uh, for a small group within that company. So it was like a specific group in the finance area. And they just wanted to like make sure that they don't run these reports like eight hours a day, just one person sitting and running these reports. So they just wanted to s see like if this would work. And they saw the benefit that like, oh, we could actually en enable all these other accountants to be like helping out in like strategizing our accounting strategies and like come up with more valuable areas. They actually went ahead and like deployed these bots and like now they are having these accountants like actually they go home early now and they are able to like spend more, uh, more of their weekends more meaningfully and not working on the holidays. So it's been, it's been a great thing for them. Hopefully they are still paid for those hours they are going earlier home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Good. I believe that there are different categories of people within a company and people's awareness should be built accordingly, meaning that whenever you plan your uh, people awareness uh, strategy and, and, and create a plan, you need to consider several different categories or, or kind of uh people profiles and one of those is like end users and also another is the managers of those users like uh, team leads and and people managers and last but not least there is also the IT involved so I would be really interested to hear your experience in dealing with this kind of stakeholders within this given state of people awareness section so how do I approach for example end users when when it comes to building the people awareness meaning i don't know people in finance people in supply chain in in any other area 
फर्स्ट ऑफ ऑल लाइक इट कुड बी लाइक इन एनी ऑफ दीज कैटेगरीज एवरीबडी इज लाइक एन एम्प्लॉई ऑफ दैट पर्टिकुलर ऑर्गनाइजेशन सो आई वुड से लाइक एज एन ऑर्गनाइजेशन एवरीबडी इज गॉट अ गो थ्रू दिस माइंड शिफ्ट चेंज बिकॉज लाइक दैट्स वॉट इज ड्राइविंग दिस सो लाइक इन टर्म्स ऑफ लाइक दिस बिजनेस लीडर्स दैट वी आर टॉकिंग अबाउट एंड यूजर्स मेनली so the end users have to go through uh, overcome the psychological barriers that are available there so it's uh, they should just be like aware that like they are not going to be replacing people instead they are going to make sure that like how do we take some of that workload and enable that like take away the frustration from their team like make sure that they are not like uh, focusing on like other issues like mainly focus on the business value and understand like what is the goal that they are trying to achieve and make sure that they are like automating things that needs help so like uh, the end users will mainly focus on like enabling the business and adding more assets and values to the team what is main motivation for uh, business leaders so if we are speaking about project managers uh, team managers team leaders like what is main motivation for them to collaborate with the center of excellence so for them for the people managers and the team leaders i would say like they should focus more on their employee centric initiatives so like i know like every organization wants to focus on like their employee satisfaction so it should be as important as the customer satisfaction also so to enable that there are several ideas but with rpa you can actually like reduce the workload that your people are going through and give them like one robot for each person is definitely going to help drive that uh, idea of like reducing that workload increase the happiness and have a better work life balance for their team yeah so th- this is the motivation for people managers and i'm curious also what kind of concerns and we will have this this categorization for a question like motivation and concerns we will have mm-hmm. for people managers we will have the same question for and users and SMEs as well as for IT team i will ask the same thing like what's the motivation and what are the concerns so let's start with people managers what are the concerns they are facing when running it so i guess like uh, for the people managers the initial concern that they would have is to make sure that they are not losing their team it's not like they are cutting their team in half and achieving the same target they are just making sure that the potential that their team brings is being exponentially increased so one thing that they think like when the management comes and tells them that they have to do uh, rpa they have to like collaborate with the coe they think that their team is going to be cut in half that's not true so i would say like they have to overcome that fear instead like they, their resources are going to be better utilized yeah but in in some cases let's i think we will get there uh, a bit later but in some cases actually you don't need you know like if you have 10 people in a team you don't need uh to be able to perform as 20 people right like y- you still need to keep your your balance somewhere around 10 but i think later we 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 would get also to this point in more extended way but uh the in your experience w- did you see team leaders and team managers facing uh issues and concerns when uh it, ca- it it's coming to automation of 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 some positions within their team like were there a concerns of 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 those people in terms of i don't know i will lose people and is if i am a team team lead or team manager and i'm leading 
people. And then if you are going to automate those processes, probably I need less people or, or there will not be people at all. Those people not necessarily leave the company, but it may be the case that I am not needed anymore. So in that case, yeah, I've seen like a couple of those at like uh, some of our clients is that like when that it comes down to that level. So if you have like 80% of the team is the only thing that you need and the remaining 20% is being released out of that project, they go into this pool of like reskilling area where either that person that's been released out of the project gets reskilled or adapts into another project where there is a requirement or they reskill themselves into like finding a new project for them. Got it. Got it. And I think this has been an evolution for all of us. Like uh, when we started, even the word automation, like uh, in our history, if you look back, like we've started like from these uh, man-made machines and now we are talking about software robots. So we as humans have evolved into a way that like we adapt to these changes. And I think like um, those team members will also definitely do the same when the need comes. Yes. And another evolution, I believe, was that on the very beginning, everyone was counting the FTE savings, saying that, hey, and also that the way of selling RPA or, or, you know, like automation was that you calculate potential FTE saving and you were articulating everything around if, look, if you automate this process, you can fire people, you don't need anymore to to pay salaries, etc. But nowadays, I can also monitor how much it is shifting towards employee satisfaction, towards focus on more meaningful tasks, what you have explained about their skilling, upskilling, and keeping still amount, same amount of people in a company, but being times more efficient. Yes, I totally agree with you. And next category uh, you were actually bringing before was uh, IT team. So people awareness and IT, how these two, these two words or, or, or these two worlds, I would even say, lives together. So the IT team is like, I would say like if they want to like start looking at this RPA initiative or to know about RPA itself, like I think it's a bottom up approach. Like some IT members like that's working on a support role, they might need like help with automation and they start looking at like what tools can I use to help and they start like self exploring. So that's one way. And I had this experience where at like one of the clients, like I was working on an automation, uh, automation project where like it was in the finance area. But although since I was on the same floor where I walked into this manager and he asked me like, what do you do? And I'm like building software robots. So one day we catch up for coffee and I explain him, I show him this RPA awareness presentation and walk him through like the potential of what RPA can do. Then he goes like, oh my God. Where has this tool been like all my life? Like my team can benefit from all of this, like in certain ways, not that we are going to be automating entirely, like not our full operations is going to change, but like we need help in terms of like a database refresh or installing systems. Those are some things that my team uh, stays all night. There are like uh, weekends and like overnight uh, production deployments that have been, we can actually save those time. So it's more of like, in, uh, improving like or like elevating that frustration that their team goes through so it's only like helping their employees become more productive and not staying up all night so i think that's where the it team comes in and like they feel motivated themselves like 
Oh, there's some additional help that I can leverage. I'll take it. This is uh, this is one one of the aspects looking at it. And another is if you look from the business side, I think that they they provide much better experience to user experience to a business. So if we consider them as internal company clients, uh, they provide a better actually the better service to their clients, right? Uh, that's true. that's that's about the motivation. What about concerns? So what are the concerns which you may face? Uh, when when running this people awareness along the IT, if there are any. So, so with the IT teams, I think like uh, the common ones that I've seen, like when they try to deploy, is that like the IT practices might be like slightly different than the COE best practices. So they were like trying to adapt, like which way do I follow? Do I follow my own strategies that I've been using for 20 years old and I have never changed? Or do I adapt to the newer technology and like follow the COE standards? So that was the only concern that I saw there. Okay, so this is more like mindset thing. So how, yes. how did it go on the end? Were they were they changing? They eventually agreed to a common ground and they said like, okay, we'll follow these standards, but like when it comes to this specific step, we will own this part. So like they agreed to a middle ground. All right. And another question, probably still staying for some time with IT. Talking of IT, um, in your experience, were there were were there main center of or of excellence drivers, or they were just one of the I would say departments where you were implementing it? So were was COE driven by IT then, or it was driven by another department? It was driven by IT. Okay. Yeah. Because they were able to like collaborate with the infrastructure team and also with the existing IT team and like also with the security team. So that was more easier because like if it comes from the business side, they would still have to go through the same phases. I think having the IT team a part of it is really good. Have you had experience where when center of excellence was driven by business, not IT? Well, not exactly. All right, no. all right. I I think you are lucky here because this is the <laughs> this is the separate chapter which would probably take um, another forty five to sixty minutes of recording. <laughs> speaking of how to overcome and convince IT that you can still successfully implement RPA in finance, in supply chain, in any other <laughs> departments. But let's not get to this side. So, the next topic which uh, which we have or the next category is still. Uh, building people awareness for end users, for SMEs. And this is the most, I would say, sensitive category here. So I'm curious about what's their motivation to collaborate with the center of excellence as well as concern, what concerns, what is, I would say, the spicy topic on the end. So for the end users, you said for the end users, right? So I think like um, I saw a survey last year. I think it was by Forrester, if I'm not mistaken. It said like 66% of the people said like RPA actually restructures the existing work. So that's what I saw in the end users perspective. I think they were able to like their motivation was driven by a way that like they were able to assess the process like 
which they haven't seen in like the last 20 years, which they've been doing because like they were just given that process. They keep inheriting from person to person and they didn't question like, why are we doing this? But now you bring RPA into the picture. They actually look at the process from a third person perspective and they start questioning. Okay, I don't think like we actually need to do that. So they actually refine the process and they are able to restructure their own process and add more value to the business. So I think from an end, end user perspective, they are able to like bring more uh, value to the table than actually like following the notebook and like just going by the rules. In, in It sounds a little bit as also opportunity to finally learn about your process because I think that in our case, quite often we see... Uh, people which are executing process as it was handed over to them by the colleague who was leaving and then before there yeah. was another colleague etc and actually people are executing sometimes processes even without questioning why it is done this way and can i somehow improve it etc but okay this is this is the positive side what you were mentioning about the bringing bringing another point of view on the processes, improving, re- re- reorganizing, restructuring, etc. And this is opportunity to shine, I would say, opportunity to, uh, sorry, opportunity to shine, meaning that uh, some of the of the employees there would have a chance to get promoted, to, to get involved in some process improvements, initiatives, etc. But there are also concerns uh, of this this category of people. And I would say that this is the most challenging category of people because on the end, you as an RPA developer are to collaborate with them and you are to ask them uh, what processes you can automate, etc. And I'm curious, what were the concerns that, that you were seeing those people have? So for them, as an end user perspective, it's more of like, how do I add value? But like, one thing that they don't think about or like uh, they are afraid of asking is like, is it going to replace my job? I mean, like, am I going to lose my job if I do this? Uh, or like somebody in their team is going to lose their job. So I think that's more of the concern that they've been like facing, like losing some of their team. Yeah, that, that's the biggest one. And actually, <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are getting to this point. And, and I was saying at the very beginning when we had a quick alignment before recording that this is one of the quite spicy topics. And I would like to bring a little bit more light on this and not only bringing the fancy fancy point of view where you said that everyone will get reskilled, upskilled, better, fancier, have more uh, work-life balance, etc. But also another side of the coin. But before that... Let's speak about what are the, if, if I am the employee, how you convince me to collaborate? Like what are the positive sides out of it? Like how, what are the positive sides of automation and what automation can bring for me? We always, for example, for Lean Six Sigma activities to convince stakeholders, we always present what is in for me for different sites. Yeah? And if I'm end user and you are coming to me saying that, okay, tomorrow we are launching the RPA, it, it is definitely not going to replace you, etc. What is in for me? So I would say like as an end user, so I had like one of these clients like asking me the same type of questions like, what do I get? Why do I need to like collaborate with you? Like, I don't really want to do it. So one thing that they need to understand is that like the world is evolving into a place where like everybody is like aligning with their digital uh, journey. So whether we like it or not, 
we are going to be like working with the robots. It's not like we are going to be working for the robots, but you're going to be like working along with the robots. So I think like right now, it's a, it's a really easy step to do at the moment is like you understand that like you get your own personal assistant. It's more like the calculator example. So imagine like uh, several years ago when calculator was not invented, people were still doing math and papers. When calculators came, it's not like the people went away. They just went away from like using papers into using a calculator, but their knowledge still retained. So in that case, we are just like helping these people understand like your experience is not going to be like imparted to this two-year-old robot because I see robots in my perspective as a two-year-old kid that does exactly what you say. It doesn't have the cognitive abilities unless you plug in the AI at the moment. But right now, we are talking about robots that's going to do exactly, just go delete this file, it's going to do it. <laughs> so, like, you are literally, like, having a robot for yourself, which makes the human more powerful. So, all you're doing is, like, making your own, like, you're literally building your own calculator on the side. And just like focusing on like other stuff. So like all you're doing is like getting more digitalized. And this comes into play like for everybody within the organization. So it's really easy for you to adapt now than later. Yeah, this is this is interesting point. And I have two two things actually to mention here. The first one, when you are, you were saying that we are not going to work for robots, but with them, uh, I just wanted to have, I, I just wanted to add, hopefully, as a joke. <laughs> and another one was that when you were mentioning the two years kid, I was actually a little bit surprised and still curious because I I have one and a half year old one and I don't see in half of the in half a year that whenever I tell him to do something, he would actually do so. As of now, I'm out of control of, 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 of this human being. So <laughs> inter interesting comparison, actually. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So these are the positive sides. And now I would like, I, I would still would like to spend some time on this topic. And I would like to speak about the dark side as well, because despite the fact that we are positioning that it, it, and I fully agree with you that for people who are able to see those opportunities, it brings a lot and people can again upskill, people can learn and actually they can create sometimes you search for a, for a new job sometimes you search and think about like what would be the new position i can take and etc but quite often in the companies especially within these rpa projects i see how people create positions for themselves how people come up with initiatives and they switch these initiatives to full time positions so but another side of it is some of the people will still not be needed after automation. And I think that this is a question of time. It may be five years, 10 years, three years, one year. We don't know. Yeah, like that, I'm sure there are some predictions on it. But the point is that besides the fancy, fancy part of it, I believe that still there is a chance of losing a job but for a certain category of people. And I would like to speak a little bit about this. So what do you think about, first of all, still people losing a job because of automation? Well, you believe there is a, still a chance of certain jobs going away because of automation. I have to agree with you on that to a certain degree. You know, the people uh, holding those jobs might definitely be impacted where they will eventually need to transition to higher value type of jobs. But the lower menial jobs per se will definitely go away. 
for people who fit that type of profile i would say like like start looking at yourself as like okay you may not be able to like uh, learn how to build robots but you can look at like managing the robots like how do i become the coe a part of like strategizing building more new strategies and like for people that are new and stepping in they could become data scientists like building robots and like assisting like this digital workforce because like imagine like not even like not far off like we are like five years away like where our jobs are going to be like split like 50 percent of the time you're going to be dealing with robots i think like this um tools that we are using like in any any kind of like a rpa tool that you pick it's going to become like a very household name like uh, we have excel excel is something like everybody uses <laughs> like anybody who like be it in the schools in the hospitals everybody keeps track of things using excel this uh, ui path and these robots are gonna become that kind of household names where like everybody is gonna be having like where's my robot did that robot run like you can actually ask alexa to actually like start running alexa did you finish my expense report where is that report <laughs> like have you sent that email so that's all gonna become a part of our lives so that's the dark side <laughs> i'm curious if you can scare alexa by replacing her by a robot um <laughs> But still, I, I think you are you are very positive about this thing, and I, I am I am maybe now by purpose trying to push a little bit more into a corner with the, with a more negative side of it. I I was observing in our projects there were certain categories of people who even if you bring all the opportunities, all the different kind of possibilities to you know grow upskill, reskill, you can, you can simply, uh, you know, first of all, automate your process and then help other departments because you can be a pioneer and get this experience, etc. But there are just people saying like, we, I remember that there was a sales team, which was like half percent of the time, like 50% of the time calling customers. And then another 50%, they were moving data from, I don't know, Excel to SAP something like that and while doing that they were like listening radio and 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 just doing copy paste and another part was quite interactive to me you know like they speak to customers etc and then we were trying to positioning it like hey look we are coming in we will work together we automate some of your processes and then you have more time to really truly speak to your customers to deliver more value to to be friendly with them etc you don't need anymore to sit and do a copy paste and then I was, this was the first time I was truly impressed by the people reaction because it was completely unexpected for me where people said like, yeah, but the part when we are doing this copy paste, we actually, we put the radio on, we speak about our families, etc. And this is last thing what, which we would like to give up. And, you know, like calling customers is another part where I work much more harder. Probably the important thing we, we can add here is that whatever job you do, I think that, yeah, if you are open to reskilling, I think that there will be opportunities mm. for you. Besides reskilling, so if if we take myself to avoid the risk of being replaced, besides reskilling, what are there any other things that I can I can actually do to make sure that I will not be tomorrow replaced or fired? <laughs> so I would say like uh, at the moment, 
like all these RPA tools and everything is like very open, especially with UiPath being having this very open academy. This is probably the right time to like start learning and upskill yourself, like whatever job that you may be with, like either you like learn to code for a robot or like you actually have to learn to work with the robot and actually like look at other strategies. If you're working in accounting, like how else can you add more value? Like how can you like digitalize? Because at this moment, as we are going through the pandemic and like we are all in this lockdown and you're at home, everybody's like gone into this mode of like working from home. So you don't get to this face to face, like hallway interactions or like all you're going to do is like interact with uh, virtually. So like if you're like looking at like virtual options, which means like you also have to look at your work in that way, which means like something needs to be improvised. So that's where we start looking at it. Yeah. And and, and talking actually about the starting learning the tools, etc. I was uh, I was quite skeptical about launching the Studio X, but then at some point <laughs> I, I realized that I'm not the target audience for it. And I think that it has also a big potential when you say about starting learning, etc. So you mentioned you you mentioned the virus and you mentioned the pandemic topic. So how do you think it will influence our you know like how it will influence the approach of building people awareness? Would you change something or would you add something? You 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 mentioned did you experience it at least four times? How would your fifth time look like? Would you change something what you have experienced during this COVID topic? So uh right now, like I see the potential like where like people are having to deal with this better work-life balance. So like now we are adapting to a situation where you're actually working from home and you still have your family in the same place. So you're going to have to learn to like have that balance between like where you draw the line between this is going to be my working time and here's where I spend time with my family. So in reality, like uh, the bright side of this pandemic is that like it brings people together to spend more quality time with your family so during this time as you have some downtime like please take that moment to also like actually like reflect on your work and see like if you can like actually upskill your profile and like see if you can learn anything within uh, automation it could be like anything machine learning ai whatever that you're interested in this is probably like the right moment to start with and uh, I think like uh, Edward, uh, you also mentioned earlier today was that like when we talk about having this better work-life balance, it also brings into this uh, shorter working hours. So <laughs> do you want to touch on that? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, so preparing for this podcast. We were discussing it a little bit. And my thinking was that we are working 40 hours working week already since like ages. Mm-hmm. And uh I think that during even last 100 years, the technologies went far, far, far away from like, it's not twice more efficient, but many more times more efficient we are, but we still, we don't work twice less, etc. So it is more like dreaming topic, but I was thinking that uh, at some point, to keep to keep people busy and still to keep people involved, probably you don't need to work eight hours, but you may work but you may have work four hours working day and then you may have two people for the same role or something like that but i'm not i don't know how open companies will be for that and especially paying the same salary to people i don't know how open government will be about this but i think that sooner or later this topic would be also on the table 
Yeah, definitely. That's like adding more value to human life, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, talking of talking of uh, may- maybe last comment about the COVID. So when you were saying about the work life balance actually any meeting i start nowadays uh when we have a business calls and you have the standard question of how are you how you're doing i used to say i'm home arrested because we are forced we are on the forest (laughs) home office but what i understand also is like how you would upgrade your strategy is that you would probably you can refer to this time saying that as you can see we can also work in a different mode and 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 we can work remotely etc and i think that also the way of working will be constantly changing and if I am to add something to uh, people awareness uh, creation that would be that actually on the business side there is a ha- that nowadays there is a heavy effect of of some of the businesses some of the positions etc and not ma- not all the companies were prepared from business contingency perspective etc and I was also seeing how our customers for who processes were already automated and those processes which were already automated how smooth it went and for people probably if they had the different type of 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 their work nowadays or at least the different approach to it one of the selling point would be that you can still keep on making it different by adding the the, the new things they're learning etc one last question within this section of uh, of building people awareness would be and and actually the dark side of it was there is type of people which uh, I I'm not going to show you my processes or I don't want to share or I don't think that anything in on my table can be automated I'm dealing with very complex processes etc so actually sorry but not today how do you approach uh, this type of people how do you deal in these cases with, with the situations so um I've definitely like had those kind of comments before at some of the clients where like the C-suite is the one that's like initiating this RPA initiatives and they want to drive this digital transformation journey. But like the people at the bottom, like they are like, why do you pick my process? I mean, like, I truly don't want to give you like uh, an overview of my process. So I definitely like face that situation to them. I think the one thing that I would say is like, whether they like it or not, at the moment, like we are going through this as like an, a complete change throughout the world. Uh, it be it like through COVID or like even before COVID, like everybody's been looking at like this automation as a potential. So because of that, if they don't like open up the doors right now, like someone else is going to do it for them. So it, be it like they are just going to delay the process, but eventually it's inevitable. Like it's gonna, it's bound to happen. So it better be them being the owner of the process right now and have your own assistant. So like one fun thing that I always do with such people is like I give them the choice of naming their robots and like they get to pick the names. It can be anything that they want <laughs> and we give that. And like we tell them like once you start having a flavor of like what these processes can do for you, I've seen people coming back to me and asking like, can you also like automate this other process? Definitely. Let's talk to the COE. So I've definitely like seen more success with like such people that don't want to like open up their process. Just show them the potential and show them like what the company's visions are 
for their uh, organization itself so that they clearly understand like the big picture and understand where they stand within that and how they can actually contribute to their company's vision. Yeah, so you, you would position it in a way that actually you can... It is unavoidable, first of all, that you cannot avoid this process, and but you still have a choice to 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 join it. Yeah, so join the dark side, yes. so called. Um, <laughs> yeah, interesting point. Interesting point. And maybe on the end of this this recording, one of the things I was willing to ask you about is if we are now to dream or just 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 to think about what would be the people awareness 2.0 what would be the next level of it like how uh, how we can bring the significant improvements in this area what would you do on the company level or or any other level so uh from my perspective where i stand i see that like like i said this rpa uh, robots are going to become a very household name so like if you think of it like excel then like i have to learn it like early at school i wish like um, now i foresee that like schools and universities will have courses on rpa where they train people to learn these robotics early in their school and they get a choice whether they want a career within this area or they can go become a doctor or an astronaut. So the choice is already given to them at an early phase where like people are aware that the robots coexist in their, in their society. And also secondly, from companies, I would think like uh, when they market it to their uh, new recruits or when they are looking for people to recruit, the question that the companies or the recruiters that needs to ask is like, we want you to be working with robots. Are you ready for that challenge? <laughs> because that's one way to drive, like you actually build that ecosystem where you actually work with the robots and also like you build more robots along the way. Yeah, it all it, it is also, I believe, the additional criteria, you know, like because if you say that we want you to work with robots, I think that this is also a different profile of people who, and for someone, it is super attractive. And even if you didn't work with this before, for me, it would be the big criteria if person say, okay, I never tried, but this is this this is something what sounds really interesting. And talking of schools and 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 universities, um. This is a great thing, and I think that the, the at least awareness should be set on that level, like understanding that educational system or later whenever you pa you join any company, it is not to have you you know like doing repetitive uh, repetitive and 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 the same activities, but this is actually to to be creative. Even it, it doesn't matter in what industry you are, or even if you are an entrepreneur, I think that entrepreneurship is one of what the, one of the most creative areas, actually. But regardless of what you are doing, I think that no one wants you to do the things which robots can do. And I think that this is this is important thing, not necessarily even learning the tools, not necessarily getting deep into technology, etc., but just at least being aware that if you have repetitive things here and there, and I think that this is very applicable for students and researchers. I think that they are also doing their kind of job in quotation marks, which can be automated when you are doing the research, when you scroll on the internet, etc. I think that there are, there are also some potential areas that can be automated. And 
when hiring the person, you also it, it, you don't necessarily create the business analyst out of this person or or RPA developer, mm-hmm. but at least there can be a nice warning saying, "Hey, uh, you are joining the company. We run this initiative, or or we are going to run this initiative, or we are running it already for a long time." Regardless, you say that if you face something, what you don't feel is the you know, value-adding activity and you're just repeating the same thing again and again, bring it on table. It is not necessary to be automated to uh, on the second day, yeah, on the next day, to, to have the right expectations. But make sure that if there is a potential to, for a process to be automated, your employee knows mm-hmm. that he can reach out to someone and, 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 and people will deal with that. All right. So I think yeah. I think you brought a very good point there. So I think that's where like uh, UiPath's uh, automation hub comes into play, like where they have this tool across the organization. So like if an employee j- that just joined and knows like oh this can be a process that can be automated, they can actually go into this automation hub and record their ideas. And someone from the COE gets assigned to that team and they will work with them. And again, like not the very next day, but it's in the pipeline to be worked on. So like the automation hub team will actually like assess if it's a truly a good process and a good fit for RPA and they will assess like whether when it's going to be worked on. So I think that's a, that's a really good, uh, vision for sure yeah that that's a good point and actually if if you listener if you're still there and listening um as a spoiler we will have a we will have a separate uh we will have a separate po- session separate episode uh dedicated to automation hub uh and i think that this is great tool to, uh, to support your people awareness initiative uh thanks for bringing it uh priya on the end, uh, our episode is coming to the end. So I want you to name five recommendations you would give to Center of Excellence, to company, to to RPA champion. Um, five recommendations to have successful paper awareness campaign. So yeah, if I have to give like five key takeaway suggestions, that would be like, uh, listen to your COE, <laughs> like let your COE drive the awareness sessions and like try to take part in like some of the workshops, like to understand like what RPA could do. And like, as for the companies, like have an open strategy and like communicate better, like what's our common goal and like not keep RPA as a secret initiative or an area 51 project which shouldn't be the case instead like be very open and like tell them that we are going to be building bots to help you not to get rid of you and um, as an organization or as an employee that's working in an organization i would say like dare to rethink the way that you're looking at your business like start to have that mindset uh, mindset shift and like rethink the way that you can actually work at And for the recruiters, I would say, like, tell them, like, tell your recruiters that we want to work, we want you to work with the robots. Yeah. So So those will be the five. Yeah. Be transparent and and, and actually (laughs) warn people in advance. Great. Priya, it was great talking to you. And I really appreciate this talk. And I truly enjoyed this. I, I, I truly enjoyed talking to you. Thank you very much. More things to come. Thank you very much, Edward. It was a pleasure being on this episode. Thank you. Stay safe, everyone. 
Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If so, you can subscribe right now to don't miss upcoming ones. Also, you can find us at automationimpact.io. Stay tuned.